Well, today we have Matt on the phone. This is our first phone calling. Yeah. So I, I hope this works well. I'm messing with a bullet. Matt, how's everything going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Been a great year. Yeah, I would have to say so. So we, uh, ironically, we're going to be talking about your year another time. Today, we're just kind of talking about what you're seeing, and then we'll talk about your success, I think, uh, another time. Let the f- listeners stay on edge about that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, so uh, this year, uh, it's been uh, definitely um, a more intense year that I've seen in the, than in the past. Uh, these bucks that I've, I've been seeing this year definitely started early rotting probably about two, two and a half weeks ago, I would say, the early bucks, the young bucks. And um, I've seen more bucks this year than I have in probably the last five years, I would say. It's just been a, an insane year, and, you know, especially within the last week, they've really just turned on and dog and does. And it's definitely early, that's for sure. I mean, not to, like say you're not being humble but i think you're being humble i think you're just do you do you think you've learned so much you're just seeing a lot more from what you've known from what the outside resources with everything going on or do you just think it's just just a good year um i definitely think that it's definitely just one of those years i too i think on top of maybe exploring more than what i've hunted in the past right um but I have seen more bucks this year than I have even just driving around, you know, just to work or, um, you know, just to a buddy's house or something. You know, the bucks are just chasing like crazy, especially midday. I seen a giant the other day. It was probably, you know, a good 130-inch eight-point for Michigan. And Yeah, that's a um, giant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. And it was it was midday, you know, so it's just like, wow, you know, I couldn't believe it. So did you hunt more public or private this year? I, I definitely hunted public land probably 90% of my time this year. Was, was that a personal goal, or was that just what you had available to you? Um, so I did have a piece of private that actually turned out to be pretty good this year for, for me. Actually, I missed a, a stud of a buck. Um, I should have been tagged out probably on the 14th. But I only sat my private land spot maybe four times. Uh, my goal this year was more of the public land getting into that more and doing the mobile setup and it turned out to be just you know really successful i seen a ton of deer i i didn't get skunked once this year i seen a deer every set which in my opinion was a goal itself yeah that's a huge victory especially yeah, it in sounds public like i land. need to get better at pun- hunting public i went once and it was it was a circus i'll I th- tell you that i think much. matt's available for uh tutoring lessons yeah there. no doubt it was i don't know that it was bad it was just you know you ever just have them days where it just it's not working for you it doesn't matter for like, sure. everything just was going wrong that's that's pretty much how my one and only public land hunt i'm hoping i don't do that for 14 days in kansas i'll tell you that much. <laughs> i uh so what i figured out was you know i did a lot of plotting uh on my my, my maps on my phone of different state land areas that i wanted to hit and um i actually ended up finding success you know about hour hour and a half away from home i mean i didn't really i touched some state land around lansing area but it just you know there's a lot of pressure around here and i tried finding those little pockets of areas that had a lot of private land around there i figured that i'd have more success with the little pockets versus big sections that's a bold strategy i didn't even think about that i'm Honestly, when I'm looking at public and I haven't ventured out this year, I was looking for big pockets. So That's exactly what I did is I looked for a large pocket um, that I could get back deep in yeah. and hopefully get away from people. Yeah. And then how, how much people were you encountering on your endeavors out there in the public? Um, so when I focused on the bigger pockets, like what you guys are mentioning, um, I, I ran into a ton of people. Um, and I, I did the whole going a mile, mile and a half deep and, you know, I still ran into people. So that's what kind of led me to maybe try to redirect my whole public land idea and try to find the smaller pockets and maybe, you know, it'd be less pressured. You know, people may deter, deter from those small pockets thinking that there might be pressure on there. All right. Yeah. I'd never would have thought of that. I would have figured those small pockets would be easier to access and it'd end up with more people 
right? It's just like are like thirty cars and yeah, everybody right. twenty five yards from the parking lot. <laughs> Opening so. day of gun season, it's yeah. a good time. <laughs> so, I mean, um, so are you gonna go down to Illinois? So I know you. I mean, you and I talked about this, so I, so I already know the answer, but. Just for... So actually, my buddy ended up going um, last week down there. The guy I usually go with, and he he smoked a giant. It's probably 165 inch buck. It's a 12 point. It's huge. And um, I didn't go because I had a little COVID scare, so I backed out. Okay. So probably not this year, but next year for sure. But I'm thinking about maybe actually going to Ohio, since you know I had a good year here. I think Joe's thinking about. Yeah, I got the 8th through the 15th basically off in November, so if you're trying That'd to be a good time to hit, hit me up. Yeah, hey, that might definitely be a possibility. Yeah, slide slide, slide in my DMs for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Let's get it going. <laughs> yeah, that would uh that'd be quite the adventure there. It's yeah. a good time in Ohio. Yeah, especially with somebody like your caliber. I mean, like I mentioned on another podcast like I remember I never had somebody send me pings no. like you did, Matt. And I was just like, 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 I don't know, maybe it's weird to me, but I've never had somebody like hunting. Sometimes spots are so sacred. Oh, you, yeah. You ne- like, There's I've no never chance. had that. I mean, and I really appreciate that. I mean, you're just oh, like, for sure. you're like one of them guys and you, you're a killer. So I'm like. I was like, man, these got to be good spots because, <laughs> I mean, look at it. You already got two bucks down. and Yeah, yeah. we quickly decided that those uh, were good spots. Uh, I didn't even see the pings. I just assumed they were good oh, yeah. just because they, uh, I mean, the track record behind who was looking at them, I guess. Yeah. So my What my, I figured out was, you know, if you can hit public early, you know, that first, you know, two weeks, even three weeks of October is probably going to be your best bet on any – public land just because i mean you know once my opinion once the rut kicks in there's probably going to be more people out there hunting yeah i would agree think, with that thinking the same you know as, as a hunter's logic you know the rut's the best time to be up because the bucks are showing themselves right? yep so i don't know i've seen a lot of good public land bucks shot this year this well, year's we, been fun we talked about this on the lad last podcast matt i wonder what your opinion so I'm going to guess this is just an assumption based off of the answers that you're going to agree with Joe and I, but have you, the caliber of bucks in Michigan is trending up. Like, do you agree? For sure. Or, yeah. For sure. Do, do you think, think that... a lot of people are, a lot of people are getting that mindset, you know, if I let this little guy go, he's going to be bigger next year. And I think, I think we're getting a lot of that now. You know, there's a lot of hunters out there that are, kind of figuring you know well you know it's it's fun shooting a buck regardless of the size i mean meat's meat you can't eat the horns but let's all face it you know we like shooting a nice buck i mean that's the the joy of it that you know for people that have you know been doing it for years and you know that's their goal um i definitely think that the aprs are helping out um you know up in the northern counties even in like mount calm and ionia county there's aprs in their state land there too so that's kind of what i focused on so would you be for a statewide APR or do you like it zone by zone? Um, I would have to say I would like the one buck rule more than the APR. You know how many people just screamed your name and with a big F you behind it. You'd be surprised how, how many people in Michigan would, would go for a one buck rule. Oh, I, I think I would be for it, but you would piss a lot of people off. Oh, for sure. Everybody's got a different mindset on it, which, you know, that's the fun part of hunting and, oh, yeah. you know, I trying mean, to figure out statistically how to shoot a bigger buck. Right. Yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, I personally wouldn't be opposed to a one buck rule, mainly because, I mean, I've literally only tagged out twice in my life. This but, is the first year ever I've ever tagged out. So that's the that's my only argument against a one buck rule. I think it's like statistically four percent of all hunters in Michigan shoot two bucks. So will it help the age structure? Are those same people that were gonna shoot that six point still gonna shoot it? Yeah. Um and they can't argue the meat because like what's doe tags now? Like, dude, a lot of them can like 
a lot of zones. They're you can universal. get 10. You can get 10 like, a day if you wanted. Yeah. Universal Dota. <laughs> I know. I can go so, to any county with my Dota. I know. Shoot it. So you can literally can't use me as that argument of the right. one buck. So I do. I think the APR deal, it's a great thing. I mean, I mean, look at the northern counties. I mean, they went to APR how many years ago? You know, four, five, six years ago. I can't, I can't remember. But I mean, I've, I've seen more bigger bucks up north than I ever have. Right. Yeah, they're. I I would personally, um, if my two options are one buck or APR, I would choose APR. I don't have the statistical data as far as the age structure of bucks in those northwest thirteen counties, but. The amount of year and a half deer killed from year one to even year five was like drastically different. Like it I, was for sure. Like I think like seventy percent of the bucks, and I just want to make this clear. I this is not an accurate number, but like seventy percent of the bucks year one or but the year before APRs were a year and a half. For sure. Year one it drops considerably and then your two and a half and three and a half year went up i think after year five something like 30 or 40 percent of all bucks killed were three and a half or older or were at least three and a half and then your two and a half i think was kind of the bigger age group but when it started like the three and a half year old deer was only like less than five percent of the bucks killed up there like, it was something insane. Like, it was noticeable growth in the age structure almost immediately. So Yeah, that that is insane. I mean, the only reason I say the, the one-buck rule, I mean, I just compare it to other states, you know, especially like Wisconsin. And, you know, they, they've got some monsters that run around there. And, um, you know, Illinois, one, one tag for bow season. Then you can get one in rifle season, but obviously their – or shotgun season. But obviously their shotgun season is two weekends, and I think it's only like – five or six days total right you know so and that's a pretty expensive tag to get two tags that you're like almost at like 1200 bucks or something right yeah it's pretty close to that yeah, yeah. it's pretty pricey so and i mean you know iowa they have one buck and that they got that's monsters yeah and that's every four years i was too you can get one with a buck or one with a bow and one with a gun if you're a resident if you're a resident but well i'm a resident of michigan i mean i don't care what the non-residents can shoot I don't know. I mean, how many non-residents are coming to Michigan? Not many. Five. That's actually... So, <laughs> Matt, in Illinois, did you deal with a lot of residents being kind of angry that you were down there? Not once. They're all welcoming. They're the coolest people I ever met. So, have you guys... So, you ever get on Facebook? And so, I know in for Kansas and Ohio, um, I follow both of those, a couple Facebook pages... And the man, people on Facebook hate, like, seem to hate non-residents. Like, they just do seems, not like them. It seems like Ohio is definitely one of those states that, you know, they don't really care for out-of-staters coming in and hunting their bucks, that's for sure. I, I hadn't really noticed much about Kansas, but I know, obviously, a, a ton of people go there because of their bucks. I think Ohio is, because you got so much, I think a lot of the East Coast is actually, like, pushing, like, PA yeah. and all these other people are pushing to know. Ohio and all that, and a lot of people from Kentucky are already done because they're usually super early season. They're already dead, so they're coming up. I can see how they can get taken over, but well, the other argument that Ohio had not the Ohio residents have a pretty good argument. So they are considered a big buck state, but their non-resident tag is one eighty cheap. No. Yep, one eighty. Like, it's it's astronomically cheap for being such a big buck state. And the problem is, is that was a well-kept secret for a very long time. It's no longer a well-kept secret. Everybody knows about Ohio. Everybody knows that it's an easy over-the-counter tag. And so I know it was like when I went down there, it was only 150 It was actually cheaper. They started raising them uh, to help with that. But I, realistically... I mean, what's our non-resident tag for Michigan? Or like uh, 125 or something? Well, it no, it's like 200 and like 50, 260 With bucks. the base? Is it really? Yeah, it's stupid expensive. Because I only know because Mike... <laughs> you uh, did tell me that I had a choice to go to Ohio for cheaper than Michigan. I've, I'm going to Ohio. A doe tag? Yeah, so you get sure. You get a doe tag in Michigan that... Uh, 
The first one's 20 bucks. But if you want to shoot a second doe as a non-resident, even if you own land in Michigan, second doe tag is 120 bucks. Wow. That's insane. Like, even if you own land. Yeah. So. Well, I guess, you know, I think in Iowa, too. So, if you you have land there and you live in Michigan, you still have to apply as a non-resident as well because they're pretty, you know, obviously big buck state and very, um, you know, controlling of the herd. But um, we had a neighbor that had land in Iowa and he was going down there and he just claimed residency on his land and then it ended up catching up with him and he got in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah, but he was still living in Michigan. The thing is, is uh, Iowa's a, a party state. So all I got to do is have somebody with a tag in Iowa come sit with me and I can go shoot a deer with, you know, without a tag. So and use their tag. Yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. So this is how much a non-resident uh, tag costs. $151 for a base license. For a deer combo, $191. So $241. If you want to get two kill tags, and that's the only option, there's not like a. Oh, the you can actually get a single one kill tag for twenty bucks. Is that just dough? It just says deer license one kill tag. So then it says antlerless license twenty bucks. So you could for one hundred and seventy one dollars get one buck in Michigan. But if you wanted to get frisky and decide you want to get two, it's one hundred and forty one dollars. Jesus. And if you get wow. a doe tag, the first one's twenty. The second one is it's most I know for a fact. It it doesn't say here, but I know for a fact because Mike's had this happen. The second one's like a hundred and it's not some dollars. It's insane how much it is. Yeah. I, so. All right. It's crazy when you get your first tag for twenty bucks. All right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I think you'd want to get your revenue at the beginning, and then if you want another. A dough or whatever, you know, then it's twenty bucks. Let's be real, it's a Michigan DNR. I I just stopped yeah. wondering what they were thinking years ago. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so Matt, if you could give the listeners any advice right now, what I mean, if you weren't technically tagged out in Michigan, what's your strategy for the next coming weeks? Like the next two weeks. What's what are you doing and how are you accomplishing it? Well, first, you know, I'm I'm checking my areas out, you know, I'm driving by them, I'm looking at pressure, and then I'm finding, you know, where the does are, because if you got does, you know, the bucks are going to be there. And if the does feel comfortable enough, the bucks aren't going to care one bit, especially in the rut. Um, that's if I'm, you know, obviously hunting public, which I, I was this year. Um, I'd be, you know, you don't have to go deep on public, you know, you just got to find out where the deer, what, what the deer are using mainly. And once you figure that out, um, you know, set up on one of those runs because they're, they're going to come by. It's, you know, just a matter of waiting it out. Um, let's see, last week I had a monster come by me. I was out in the stand at two o'clock and I had a monster come by me at three facing the doe. That was on so, public. I mean, no, that, well, that was on my private. Okay. But um, I can only imagine right. on the public, it's going to be the same way. Yeah. So. You know, it's the rut. The does are moving during the day. The bucks are going to be chasing them. But if I were to give any, you know, leads on what to do mainly, I would just say find that find the does. Um, set up on the does, and the bucks will be there. And you don't have to go in a mile. You know, the bucks that I shot, I only I hung a stand maybe 150 yards off the road. <laughs> you know that (laughs) which is crazy that's like the typical thing you always make fun of like before then you would make fun of the people for that you know what i mean like all them people only went 100 foot off the parking lot standing this dude's hunting the parking lot yeah yeah i could see my truck from my stand oh yeah (laughs) but i mean the sign just told me everything i needed to know i mean the sign was there and yeah, when you I have mean, that much oh, sign yeah. and it's fresh, that's what you set up on. I'm not denying the results because yeah. not, it's hard for us to knock it when uh, you know the bow has not even been pulled back yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, ultimately, I would, I would have to say the correct decision was made. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure yeah and like i said sometimes you don't have to push deep you know that's all you know theory and a lot of hunters opinion that you got to go deep and you know some cases you do some cases you don't you know that's something you got to figure out with the land that you're hunting every land is different right and you just get oh good you just got to learn you just got to learn the land that you're hunting you know and then once you figure out the patterns of deer then you know that's obviously the wind is a huge factor you want the wind in your favor you're not going to go out there with a a north wind expecting the deer to come you know upwind from you (laughs) right so well i appreciate you doing this on such a short normalist i mean oh for sure and uh yeah i definitely can't wait to it's probably gonna be chaos for the next like three weeks. You know how it is; like everything's coming up. Yeah, and I'm going out of state. He's going out of state, and then when he's getting back, You're I'm going up north. I'm going up north. So, but dude, after that, we're gonna have to get you back, and I want to hear all these stories. And I don't, absolutely, I don't even want you telling me. I haven't even asked. If you notice, I haven't asked you anything because I want it to be so authentic. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. I mean. So I really appreciate it, and I can't wait to hear your stories on your books, man. And whatever comes out, I mean, there's a lot of season left, and then you yeah. plus you got the elk season coming up too. Right? I know, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, so you did good getting that out of the way before. Elk. Yeah, well, that's a lot of stress. I bet off of you. Yeah, it was definitely one of my main concerns. I usually, you know, in my my goals, I usually try to have a buck down by at least you know middle of November, and then I I feel better, but. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm still hoping that happens. I got time, I guess. No, uh, I bet you if you ask Matt, he'll give you some really good tips. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to reach out for him. <laughs> All right, Matt. Yeah, for sure. Well, All righty, guys. Good luck to you. All right, awesome. Have a good one. Yep. Bye. You too. See you guys. So now we're uh, we're going to transition from Matt over to uh, Spencer Brackens, who we've had back on here from he's from public land prowlers and he's just pretty much going to kind of go over how his season's gone so far and uh everything you know he him and public land prowlers got going on so how's it going today spencer oh living the dream brother how are you <laughs> oh you know same same yeah but uh so you guys have had an eventful start to your season i would say at least the public land prowler crew has had a pretty eventful start right yeah absolutely we're blessed man <laughs> i'd say so so how do you I'm not sure what Joe's opinion. So do you think that, because we talked a lot about those bedding areas, is that the only strategy you guys have kind of hit up so far, or have you guys implored different strategies since we last talked? Um, so we started out the season um, hunting our best buck beds. Um, we had probably about seven or eight beds that we really wanted to get in. And honestly, we were in a pretty dry spell. Um, so my dad, you know, he loves acorn flats next to the bedding areas and he feels like he's had so much success on acorn flats next to bedding areas that it's hard for him to even leave those in the first couple of days of October as long as he feels like he's in enough security cover to still get a big buck in daylight hours. So my dad um, hunted opening morning on a spot that we've had we had a ton of pictures of bucks coming in and hitting a scrape and it, even in september beginning of, you know into into end of august beginning of september and all the way through september we had big bucks hammering the scrape and in daylight hours every day so my dad goes in there hunts it opening morning didn't see a deer and we're like what the heck like <laughs> what what the heck just happened like the night the day before we had three shooter bucks on that camera so whether it's people walking in from different directions or whatever it is, something boogered it up bad. And, um, it wasn't the way my dad walked in because we had that all planned out perfectly and he didn't bump any deer walking in he didn't, you know, so we're thinking there was other people hunting the other side of the bedding area up front towards the road or something. And now they're, now that camera's finally popping off again, but it's been dead all of October, honestly, like opening day, it was like a light switch went off. So that night, my dad, came to me and this is funny for me because honestly i don't know if i double guess myself too much or if i try too hard to put myself on deer but i had my buddy zach montney at camp with me and he has never hunted the area that we hunt out where we in the public land that we were at so he's like i'm gonna come out with you this weekend and he's like you got some spots you can put me i'm like yeah dude i got so many freaking pins i can put a whole army in the woods it doesn't matter 
So he comes out. I put Zach in a spot opening morning and you know, I'm not taking credit for any of, the, of that besides telling him the area. You know, I told him this is a general area. Them guys are all still picking their trees and everything like that. So they're they're putting themselves in the game with the wind and thermals and all that. But Zach goes out and sees three bucks and six does opening morning. I see two does. So I'm like, all right, well, everybody's seen. But besides my dad, I think everybody's seen deer that morning. Well, my dad comes back from a different section of public where, to, where camp was and, um, you know, my dad's last minute procrastinating king. So he didn't do his laundry until midnight the night before opening day. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm not coming to camp tonight. He's like, I'll go hunt this section of public in the morning where we got all these bucks and then I'll drive out to camp midday. So my dad comes out there. He's like, I really don't know what I want to do as far as hunting tonight. He's like with the Southwest wind. So, you know, we had that South wind all beginning of the season. It was terrible. It was screwing us up because we don't have really much for South winds. Well, I told my dad, I said, go into this acorn flat right next to this bedding area. It's exactly the kind of stuff you like. You know, he's, I shot a late season doe in there, so he's kind of familiar with it. He's only been in there for a blood trail and stuff, but he knows where I'm at. So I told him, go in there, dude. He has a 135 come in. And the funny part was I told my dad on when I marked the pin on his phone, I said, sit on this pin. Do not get 20 yards away from it. You got to be on it. Well, my dad gets in there and he's like, he looks at his phone and uh he's like i'm really close to that pin but i'm not on it so he gets up in his tree and that buck walked 15 yards from if, if i would if he would have sat on my pin this buck walked 15 yards from where i told him to sit and he'd have killed a 135 opening night Ooh. Yeah. and so my dad comes back to camp and tells me that i literally was like oh my god are you kidding me i told you to sit on the freaking pin and he's like we actually kind of got into a little bit of a, a an argument over it. Like it wasn't bad, but it was like I was frustrated, he was frustrated, and it just kind of clashed with each other. So it was comical the next day. You know, we started busting each other's balls about it. But um, that's me and my dad are hunting partners like that. So, um, so my next couple sits were pretty slow. Um, I think that I didn't see a shooter buck the first weekend at all. It was so I had hot. Three, yeah, I had the first three or four days off. And then, you know, Brandon killed that buck to kick off the season. And then um, I pass, I've i passed a bunch of deer up until this point. But we, we've we really been focusing on our buck bedding areas um, all season. And we've been seeing good buck movement. But we just haven't had our big bucks in the beds that we've wanted them in. Not, like, again, we're not a bed-specific hunting team. That's not how any of us do it. But they just haven't been where we thought they would be when we were there. And it's just been a chess match. So, um, like, I'll be on one side of the bedding area. I'll get a picture of the buck leaving the other side of the bedding area, like, at dark. I'm like, ah, I just, you know, that's what you get when you're hunting big public land deer, though. So, um, now we're starting to transition into the doe bedding areas because that's where the bucks are going to be checking the downwind sides, smelling for a hot doe in, in the bedding area. But before we get into that section, I'll talk about my dad's buck that he killed which is a uh, for us i mean that's a big public a, land deer that is it's, it's yeah, a nice it's a public land deer it's not an absolute giant but it's just like the deer's three and a half years old he had bad genetics and he is the thing was an absolute tank but so how we killed that deer was i had a trail camera set up 30 yards from a parking lot with my grandpa and i had this thing like 17 feet in the air and me and my grandpa we're just kind of wandering one day. I was like, Hey, I seen like three shooter bucks in this bean field this summer. I'd like to get up in this section and walk it. He's like, why don't we walk it then? And I was like, all right. So we literally whipped a Yui and we went back and parked in this parking lot and started walking right before a thunderstorm. Well, we got out of the car, got our boots on and got sprayed down. And you know, it's like the end of August. I think it's like August 30th. If I remember right. But we walk out of the parking lot and walk. I'm like, let's go check over here like right next to the road so we walk out of the parking lot and we're walking and we're literally 30 yards in the parking lot and there's five gigantic social scrapes like i'm talking it's the end of august dude, and they're raked out dug out pissed in everything i'm like what in the world so and I, it would have been fine if it was one but there was literally like five and i'm like all right there's a big deer in here because there's licking branches all snapped off up high i'm like all right we got to get a camera on this thing so we, we put a camera way up high. We got like seven dudes walking by this camera. <laughs> and 
it wasn't a style camera. It was just a, uh, we like to call them Walconics. It's a, a Tasco from Walmart, but uh, <laughs> they're as reliable as a Reconic. So we call them Walconics. But um, we put one up about 17 feet looking down on these scrapes, and we didn't go back and check it until I think my dad killed his buck on October 16th. So we checked it, that camera on October 15th. So it sat for a little over a month. We go back home, we check it. Um, but while I'm on that, so I, I go up in there and me and my dad pull the camera on October 15th and it's getting ready to storm again. So it's like the thunderstorm spot, I guess. I don't know. Like every time I go to that parking lot, it seems like it's going to rain. So we pull, we pull the camera and I'm like, all right, it's going to rain. Let's go in here and check this bedding area and see if there's anything up in here. And the scrapes were raked out still. Like they've been active since I left a month ago. So we go up in this bedding area. Now we're only a hundred yards from the parking lot, but it's thicker than a rabbit can run through. And you got to literally get on your hands and knees and crawl through this stuff. And then you get into a little bit of some opening that you can walk through. Well, as soon as we get off of our hands and knees and pop up and this, like where the bedding area kind of opens up just a little bit, it's still really thick, but dude, there was rubs everywhere. I'm talking as big as my thigh and smaller and all size trees just raked up, shredded up. And we walked like 50 yards and we had passed seven scrapes already. And we're like, all right, there's a big buck in, in this bedding area living in here right now. And a lot of people think, you know, that's the October lull. Like everything's not moving. All the deer fell off the face of the earth. Well, you guys know how we feel about that in, in the first <laughs> podcast we did. Yeah. Deer are still there. They're just not moving as far. So um, it was my dad's were like, I was like, hey. I'm going to put a stick on this tree right here. Cause I had my stick from pulling my camera and I said, I'm going to see what I can see over top this honeysuckle. So I put my one stick on and I pull my eight, eighter down and I step into it and I get up onto my third rung of steps. And I'm like, all right, this thing, I can get up over top this honeysuckle and there's a, like a pocket opening of marsh, like that's 20 yards by 20 yards. And then it's really thick on the other side of that again. And I asked my dad while I was standing on my stick, I said, how soon until it rains? He's like, we got, he's like, all right, let me look at my phone. So he pulls out his phone. He's like, it's going to rain in 30 minutes. So I'm like, let's push up in here and see what's up in this nose, this little point of this bedding area coming out of the CRP. Well, there's two more scrapes and like four more rubs right there. So I literally turned around and we looked at the tree that I had just jumped out of. And we're like, that's the tree. That's the kill tree. We got to sit in that tree. So mind you, rain's coming big bucks are going to freshen their scrapes after a rain every time. So I told my dad, I'm like, that's the tree. He's like, I agree hundred percent. I was like, what do you think? He's like, I think I'm going to be in here in the morning. I was like, ah, I don't know. I was like, it's really hard access. You're going to be really noisy getting in there. But so we thought about it. Well, we went home and checked the camera that we had still hadn't even known what was on it at this point. So we go home, dude. And there's like, every picture was a giant buck. It was like, person giant buck giant buck person giant buck and mind you there was only like one or two pictures of bucks in daylight but it was 30 yards from the parking lot we were literally doing that just for inventory of what was around the area in that bedding area that we knew was there so my head's like i'm going in there in the morning i was like "Ah, i definitely would too now (laughs) it was like it, it was a complete change of my opinion because i was like i don't even care how noisy it is just get in there so we ended up planning a really good entry route for him through a creek and uh, he got in there and he was only his tree that he set up in was 150 yards from where the cars park, like literally no farther than that. Well, he gets in there and he's like, how's it going? He texts me, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm good. We, me and my dad have a thing where we'll text each other. I'm good when we're set up just so we know nobody fell out of a tree or anything. So he texts me, I'm good. I text him, I'm good. And then, it goes to 9.30, dude, and I'm like, I haven't seen a freaking deer. And I'm set up on the other side of the bedding area, kind of out of the game, but just in case something comes out the other side, I was in the game. Well, he's like, I ain't seen a deer either. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, dude. There's way too much deer sign in there. Well, about 9.45 comes by, and he's like, I just had a 1.30 come by me. He's like, I couldn't get a shot. He was he was with a doe, and he's like, and I just passed another small eight point. I'm like, all right, so now we're talking. And then... uh the eight point that he passed was like a really respectable deer. So I was shocked. I'm like, when I look back at the footage while I was editing his hunt, I hadn't seen this deer until literally like four days ago 
because I hadn't gone, gone through that footage while I was, it was probably like an 80 or 90 inch eight point that he like walked at 15 yards. And he's like, I wasn't going to shoot him because I seen that bigger one. Well, it, he played it right. So I was like, you got to sit that tonight. And uh, he's like, yeah, definitely. And we were kind of debating if I should, you know, push in on the other side of the betting area more or if I should just, well, I ended up scouting like two miles midday and I found some more fresh line on another betting area. And I set up on that. 540 comes around and my dad texts me. I just smoked a giant. He texts the group, the public, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And it, it, it's midday, like, you know, 540 isn't dark by yeah, any means. It's early. 730 is dark, so it's really early. And I'm like, my dad always has the same, like, line every time he shoots a deer. And so I'm like, what? It was out of nowhere. It was like one of those moments I wasn't really paying attention to my phone. I hadn't looked at my phone in a while. And, uh, yeah, dude. So moral of the story with that whole deer is we went in there right before rain. We found the crazy red hot sign. We, the deer were telling us that he was in there. That buck told us that that's where he felt safe moving during daylight hours. And that was where he was laying down his sign. And when you see the video, you'll understand why that deer was laying down the sign that he was in that small of an area because that deer took 25 minutes to close 10 yards. Like he was literally standing and eating and taking a half a step and standing and eating and taking a half a step. And it took, I'm not joking, 25 minutes to move 10 yards. <laughs> and it, my dad's camera was rolling the entire time. So I had to chop tons of footage up because this buck's just sitting there eating bush honeysuckle and red osier dogwood. And He'd eat, he'd stick his head out and nibble, and then he'd pop back. He'd even take steps backwards to go back into the cover. So my dad, you know, he says in the videos, like, this was this buck's bedroom. Like, I killed this deer in his bedroom. This is where this deer lived, and that deer was not going to make it out into the open field where the parking lot is until well after dark. You know, that's how slow he was moving. So, and that's why people think that it's an October law, because if you're not right in on top of where they are, you're not going to see them because think about that deer. If my dad, where we found that deer dead, there was a bed 10 yards from it in the CRP. And it was 100% where that deer came from. So he made it 60 yards from his bed at 540 and wasn't going to go farther. So my dad was literally set up. He shot that deer at 22 yards. So 60 plus 20 is my dad was set up 80 yards from that deer's bed. Jeez. And we didn't even know it. <laughs> yes. So it was, it was a, you'll see the hunt. It was absolutely insane. Like that sounds had, like real, like surgical. Oh, you know? it was, yeah. It was definitely, um, a nail biter setup. My dad killed that deer six and a half feet off the ground. That's what I was going to ask you. Cause I had watched some of your videos and you guys were hunting in real thick stuff, but you were real low to the ground. So yeah. I wanted to ask you if, if that was part of that. So Yeah, well, that that was my setup. Me and my dad have been hunting low lately, one, two sticks high, just because in the stuff we're hunting, popple thicket, CRP field, stuff like that, those overgrown bushes are your only cover. Yeah. So you got to you gotta hide behind them. You can't get up and get skylined. So even in, like, cattail marshes and stuff like that, like, I try to stay down in the cattails and just have enough to where I can pop up over top of them and shoot. But yeah that was definitely that deer taught me and my dad more about deer hunting than all of our years of hunting combined honestly and you'll get you'll get more of a gist of it in the video but it's the fact of the matter that we set up on the hottest sign that we've ever seen like i'm talking a combination of probably 12 scrapes within 50 yards and probably the same if not more rubs in 50 yards and that deer was just like this is where i live and you know it we've come to the conclusion that we're not going to ever set up on anything but extremely red hot sign like that so so is that the first time you've kind of walked in on sign that aggressive uh yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean it was literally like dan infault says it all the time in his videos he's like when you get that light switch moment that hits you and like this is what i need to be hunting you know when it hits you and that was that moment of our hunting career right there it was like this is what we need to be hunting every single time. But it's just hard, man. Like how many times have I walked the woods looking for that sign and not found it? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I mean, so, so that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, was that deer pretty, I mean, you said it took him a long time to move, but he wasn't with a doe. He was, 
he was just kind of feeding around. Yeah, he was literally browsing in his bedding area. He was not. He had no. He had no. But his neck was huge, dude. I mean, I don't know if you guys could tell in the picture, but I bet that deer has got pretty close to a thirty-inch neck. Jesus. It was like twenty-eight inches all day. It was insane. He was swelled up, and one hundred percent is from rubbing all those trees. He's yeah. getting ready. Rub, but I've never seen a deer on October sixteenth be so swelled up. Right. Yeah. So I mean, but going into rutcation. I'm going to, you know, I'm just hunting doe travel areas. That's my cause. Have you seen quite a bit of chasing? uh, I mean, have have you noticed any uptick or, I mean, kind of what uh, type of rut report, I guess, would you be given right now based on what you're seeing? Honestly, it's really weird because October 12th or 13th, I think it was, I had a five-point dog, four does underneath my tree and run them in circles like it was November 5th, like just going absolutely bonkers, grunting, growling, you know, just dogging them in circles. I was like, what in the world is going on? My brother was videoing me. I was like, he's not a hunter. He's just, he, I've taught him how to run the camera so that he can sit in the tree with me and I don't got to worry about self-filming. Well, he's like, what what are they doing? I was like, that buck's freaking horny dude he's like (laughs) he's he's chasing them goes around he's telling them what's up and i'm like it's way early for that to be happening well so then it went kind of flat for a couple days and then october 18th two days after my dad shot his buck i was full draw on a 130 and couldn't get him to stop he was dogging does with another with two other bucks and they came running we could hear them coming from 100 yards away grunting through running through the thicket Rat, 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 just running, busting the, busting the freaking thicket apart. And the buck stopped 20 yards in front of me. And I, like I said, I was hunting behind honeysuckle, so I was hiding. And I had a sh- shooting lane to my left and a shooting lane to my right. Of course, this big buck stops 20 yards in front of me behind the honeysuckle. And I'm full draw. Well, I ended up letting down because that deer couldn't see me. Because I was going to be at full draw, I felt like, forever. I was like, I better let down and just resettle when I hear him start moving. So I let down. And the little buck takes off. So when I hear the little buck take off, I pull back again, and that big buck was moving at a clip. I mean, I was screaming at him, trying to get him to stop on film, and he was not even—he didn't touch the brake pedal. I was not—I was not too happy. But it was a legit one thirty class eight point. How much and of I, this? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, you're good. I was gonna say, how much of this uh, are you like film? Are you gonna release? I mean, do you are you only releasing? film of kills or are you going to release like some of this other footage that you've got um i think for right now we're on such a steady clip of kills not not to jinx ourselves but i mean we've had i feel like we've got some really good content rolling out right now so i don't want to i don't want to put out footage that some guys would thoroughly enjoy watching like probably you guys but there's other people out there that just want to watch kills happen so Say December comes around and we're in a little bit of a slow period after gun season or something and we need to put something out just to keep our fans entertained. I might put like a two minute video together, like check out this encounter Spencer had back in October, you know, something just, just for that. Because honestly, we used to do like really long episodes, like 45 minute YouTube videos, but how many times do you get a text message 15 minutes into a video and then you click the text message and never go back to YouTube? A lot. You know, a sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, so well, I'm trying to keep our videos like 12 to 15 minutes now. Yeah. All right, yeah. So <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, um, I would say. So I did. I hunted public land. I went out to Langsburg. I'm sure you know. I'm oh yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I did not. Rope I did light. not help myself very much. Yeah. I made a lot of fun errors. It was it was not good. I did uh, I seen a doe and a fawn, but uh, if there's anything I've learned, I've I've got to do a, a lot of work Research. on, on <laughs> if I'm going to be hunting public land, at least in Michigan. Uh, yeah, man. But you got to remember that no, every time you step in the woods, as long as you learn something, it's not a failure. Yeah, public land is something that took me a long time to learn how to work around other hunters how to work around bedding areas, how to not walk in and blow the entire woods apart. Like every step I take is strategic and that sounds insane. But even as soon as I leave the parking lot, like my brother walked with me he's like, dude, I literally can't hear you walking at all. Like you're literally like not making a sound. I'm like, that's how you get close to these big bucks. Like 
my dad, the 90, he slipped in and killed that buck. You know how quiet he had to be to get within 80 yards of that deer and uh, climb a tree? He, he was probably moving slower than that deer, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, he was literally, I don't, I can't only imagine, but yeah, I, he said he took his deer sweet time getting in there. Yeah. I mean, my dad taught me how to be quiet in the woods, so. Yeah, I could I mean, probably work on that. I'm used to them private land deer, you know, they let you get away with a little bit. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a public land, dude. Like, that's why I eat, sleep, and breathe this shit, honestly, is because I love a good challenge. Like, not only is killing a big deer in Michigan already hard, whether you're on private or public land, but public land's like the ultimate challenge. And that's me and me and Brandon Towery, that's one of our favorite things about it is like, I'm getting my ass kicked this year, but I love every second of it. Like, I haven't had. I've had one big buck within range this year and it's October about to be October 30th. You know how, how bad that sounds for a guy that owns a hunting company? Like, I mean, yeah, you're hunting public. I'm hunting private. I haven't even had the close. I've had a big buck is about a hundred yards. Yeah. And we, I mean, we have a, a, a hunting podcast and we, yeah, none of us have even drone our bone back and people asking us questions and <laughs> we don't so, even have anything I think, on the ground. Uh, I mean, we, you know, there's a lot of skill involved in hunting, but there's always that luck aspect that you, you kind of need. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, I'll be hunting. Yeah, I always tell everybody, like I was telling you guys earlier on the podcast, this is comical for me, but like, I always say I should just stick to guiding. Cause you guys know I have a guiding background from Southern Indiana when I used to run the outfitter. <laughs> yeah. I can tell somebody else to go into a spot and they'll see 30 deer. If I went and hunted that spot, I wouldn't see a deer. <laughs> see a couple like, chipmunks and squirrels. Yeah, I'm turkey trialing it on my lap or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the time is coming real quick for us for, you know, the glory, the rut and all that. So what would your best advice for the next week or so going on? What would you tell people i know everything's situational but what would your be your words of wisdom be for these people um find deer and don't leave deer to find deer so right now the bucks are stupid they're getting into that that mode where they don't even care about human scent too much so i personally don't have a problem hunting the same area multiple times i won't go to the same exact tree but i'll if i'm on deer and i'm seeing good deer i'm not leaving like whether I'm a hundred yards from where I was this morning or last night, like I'm going to stay in the same area if I'm seeing good deer activity, because all it takes is one hot doe. So if you're seeing does at any given moment, a doe could click in and then every buck in the County is going to be in that area. So just find deer. Mostly you want to stick to your doe bedding area. So go play back in your head, all of this October hunting that you've did and wherever you've seen a bunch of does, or wherever you've seen a bunch of deer in general, go back to those areas right now because that's where the bucks are going to be. The bucks aren't going to be in their buck bedding areas. The bucks aren't going to be in their loam beds. They're looking for a hot doe. The bucks are ready. They've laid down all their sign. They've marked all their territory. They're just waiting for that doe. So they're just going to be nudging around, bumping, looking for that doe that's ready for them. And at any given moment, it's going to happen. So you just got to stay in the deer and don't overthink it. Don't, don't go looking, don't even pay attention to buck sign right now is my number one thing. Like, yeah, it's cool to see a rub. Yeah. It's cool to see a scrape, but honestly that could have been made at midnight when a buck is now three miles away from there. Um, they're on that cruise mode, man. They're up and moving. So you would just want to, you want to find does and, and hunt the does, you know, cause then bucks are going to come to where those does are. So it's just a matter of you being in the right spot at the right time. And honestly, a lot of people hate hunting the rut because bucks are not patternable. You cannot get a bead on a buck. But once a buck knows a doe is close to coming in heat, he's not leaving. So you just got to get lucky and, and find this is right. Yeah. I'm hoping I get that luck here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really. That's that's oh, go ahead. My, no, that's, that's my definitely my words of wisdom. That's going to be my plan starting Saturday. If, well, Saturday's looking like rain, so I'm probably not going to hunt. I'll probably... No, you're going to be getting your Michigan gear on, rooting on the Wolverine, ah, aren't you? Go green, go white. <laughs> so, no. I, I really appreciate you coming on here. And, uh, dude, I can't wait. 
uh, wait to hear your dad's story and all that and have you guys back on the podcast. Hopefully more success. So you guys are, you were saying earlier, you guys are going to go do your Indiana trip again. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Saturday is what the 30th, I think. So I'm off the 30th through the 8th. I'll spend my first five days in Michigan and I've got a bunch of good ones on camera. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting something good to happen for me here in Michigan. And then, We'll be in Indiana. We'll leave the night of the third. So we'll hunt the third here in Michigan and we'll get down there because it's only like two hours away. And then we'll hunt the fourth through the eighth in Indiana. And then I'll be home back to work on the ninth. So hopefully if I don't get one in Michigan, we can do something in Indiana. But I think think there's going to be some deer dying in the next 15 days for sure. I'm expecting between the group I'm going with Kansas, you guys going to Indiana, you know, Joe, he'll, he'll he'll still be here in Michigan. I I feel like we're gonna have some stories here in the next couple of weeks for sure. I hope so. so. I hope so. I definitely think that we're uh, we're seeing good bucks on our cell cameras. Not that that matters right now, because like I said, they're cruising. But it's still right now is like those last couple of days where you're gonna get bucks in their home areas still. Yeah. So if you see one, there's a good chance you can get them on a pattern for a day or two, but. Like I said, once he gets close to a doe that's going to pop off, he's going to stay with her. So, But like I said, I think I definitely think I'm going to kill something in Michigan. I've got a good feeling going into this. I've been kind of in a funk, you know, just kind of beating myself up about not having a bunch of shooters in front of me. But i got to realize my rutcation hasn't even started. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be hunting during the week when nobody else is hunting, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, that, so. that, that could be a big thing on public land, people just, just not being there. So Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. We'll close so Saturday, morning, I'll be, Saturday morning. I'll be in a spot where I had uh, two weekends ago. I had uh, about fifteen deer come by me in the morning, in a funnel between two marshes, and I'm going to sit all day. Nice. Well, probably Sunday because it's supposed to rain Saturday. So. Yeah, my goal in Kansas is to sit all day. But no, Spencer, I appreciate you joining us. It's always a pleasure to uh, just talk. You know, and you share your knowledge. There's tons of knowledge there. It's always a joy to uh, try to pick off some of that whenever we can. So I thanks for calling. For sure. So where can uh, people find you? I, I, I'm pretty sure they already know, but let's uh, if somebody's new, uh, where can we find you at? Facebook, Public Land Prowlers. Instagram, it's Public Land underscore Prowlers. Snapchat, Public Land Prowl. Um, I think that's it. Oh, YouTube, Public Land Prowlers, Carbon TV, Public Land Prowlers, and we're going to be underneath the Expedition um, tile on My Outdoor TV. So that sounds can find, awesome. Find us in a bunch of places, but yeah, we're getting ready to release our first episodes on on Carbon TV and My Outdoor TV. So sweet, nice. Well, I'll look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's link up after the the eighth of November and let's talk about a bunch of big bucks that got killed. Yeah, we could probably do that. So yeah. All right. Good luck. All right. Good luck to you guys too. Yep. Bye. Bye.